to the Unlocked on Anaheim Ducks. It is draft day. A San Diego goal player travels abroad in a special interview with Kat Silverman. Today on Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. How's everyone doing today? It is draft day. It is finally here. The first big hockey event for the Anaheim Ducks and the other six teams that did not get invited to the bubble since March 11th. March 11th. That's almost seven months ago, folks. But welcome to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, brought to you by rockauto.com. I'm your hockey aficionado, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I've been working in hockey for about a decade now. And this is going to be a fun day for me on this early Tuesday morning. A couple bits of news to get to. But first, reminder that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you hear your podcast. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and make sure to give a five-star rating if you like it. And I know you guys are listening out there in San Diego County. I've had a lot of listeners over there and a couple questions from there. So thank you guys down in San Diego County for listening and for sticking around for this. So thanks, guys. All right, we have a very, very special interview at the second and third parts of this podcast. Catherine Silverman, who is a contributor and a very awesome contributor, by the way, who is also a ultra, a marathoner like myself to the, anyway, she's a, (laughs) I'm rambling here. She's a contributor to the Elite Prospects Draft Guide for 2020. And she normally mostly covers goaltending, but you'll hear that in the interview. So definitely stick around and check that out. It is an awesome, awesome interview. Uh, Two bits of news that I want to go over, both kind of involving the Ducks. Well, one of them directly involving the Ducks, and that involves one of their prospects, 20-year-old Isaac Lundestrom. If you guys recall, Lundestrom played a lot for the San Diego Goals last year. And at a young age, he actually showed a lot of promise early on for being a 20-year-old. He is currently off overseas. Well, what does that mean? Uh, His agent confirmed yesterday, and this is according to Eric Stevens from The Athletic, he's off to Timra IK on a loan. So he can return to the Ducks organization if pro leagues in North America are able to commence. The big if on this one is if the AHL and the ECHL commences, although Lundestrom spent the majority of his time with the American Hockey League, not the ECHL. So if the AHL comes back, then he'll come back to the Ducks organization. If it does not, then it will be a full season loan. And this is really all about getting him on the ice. And this is, once again, according to Eric Stevens from The Athletic. Um, A lot of people like him in San Diego. He's only 20. He was getting better as the season wore on. And right before the shutdown happened, it looked like he was going to make the postseason roster because the goals were likely on their way to the playoffs. So to have him play right now is only going to further his development and help him out and get him some reps on the ice. And this is not just any player. This is a young prospect who is part of their future. Another note about this, Lundestrom is not the first and won't be the last player to travel overseas. In fact, there has been over a dozen players that are traveling overseas right now. A lot of prospects are 
flying off to Russia, the KHL, they're flying off to Europe to get some playing time in because we simply don't know when hockey is going to start and we especially don't know if and when the American Hockey League is going to start, if at all. Just to give some background, uh, Team Raw IK, they are part, or they were part of the SHL, but they've been relegated to Hockey Alsvenskan, which is the second tier league. They got relegated last season. So that's where Lundestrom is currently at, not in the SHL, which for the record is one of the premier foreign leagues, not in North America. I mean, you think about the KHL. There's some top quality players out there. The SHL, they're a top they're a top tier league as well, along with Liga, although I think SHL is just a step above Liga. So that's that news. Oh, by the way, some other news that I do want to get to, and this is very important news. It was just reported not long ago. As I'm recording this, this came out a few minutes ago, that the NHL has officially pushed back their December 1st date. Although I I did mention this last week and yesterday that this was kind of happening. And I had heard rumors about this over the weekend that it was not going to be December 1st. Now it's officially January 1st as the earliest possible start day for the National Hockey League. So expect the AHL to, I guess, match that and say, okay, well, we're not going to be able to start until January 1st as well. What that does, that pushes back training camp even further. It was expected to start on November 15th. That's likely going to be pushed back until the probably second week of December, and that's at the absolute earliest. We still don't know what's happening with COVID-19. We still don't know how the borders are going to look. It is starting to spread among players, and this news came last night, and this was not super shocking news, but it was just kind of, whoa, this happened news. Connor McDavid, he tested positive for COVID-19. So that's some pretty bad news for Edmonton, although they're not playing right now, and he's showing very mild symptoms, if any symptoms. Um, He'll be fine. It sounds like he's going to be fine. He's got COVID currently, but this just proves that it is not done. COVID-19 is here to stay, unfortunately, and this could affect the NHL and the AHL for next year. I can now say next year. We're not going to have hockey in 2020. It's going to be 2021, and I've been saying this for months now. If we want hockey to come back at all next season, we have to take it seriously. So once again, those are some of the news headlines. We're going to head into the first intermission, and we're going to bring Kat Silverman on the program to talk everything about the draft. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. Maybe you're looking to fix up that 1967 Chevy Impala SS. Rock Auto has the parts for that. Maybe you're looking for the ultimate classic car, and you're trying to fix up a 1967 GTO. Yeah, you're trying to fix up a 1967 GOAT. They have parts for that too. They have parts for the GOAT. Or maybe you're just looking to, I don't know, replace some parts on your current Toyota or Hyundai. Yeah, they have parts for that too. So check out rockauto.com. And in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Coming up after the first intermission, an interview with Catherine Silverman. Stay locked in. 
welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I have a special guest with me. But first, are you guys hungry at home? Do you guys need some pizza? Maybe you need some sushi delivered to you? Well, DoorDash is the app for you. With several restaurants to choose from, you'll be sure to find the food product for you with the DoorDash app. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of 15 bucks or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNHL. So once again, that is DoorDash, 5 bucks off, no delivery fees on the first order of 15 bucks or more with promo code LOCKEDONNHL. All one word. DoorDash. And let's welcome our special guest. And she is one of the, I guess, co-authors or one of the people covering a lot of draft prospects. She's one of, can I call you a writer on this or a contributor? Yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I, I did some of the some of the writing part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from the Elite Prospects 2020 Draft Guide, I'm joined by Kat Silverman. How are things going over there? They're good. It's uh, it's weird thinking that it's draft Miss Eve. Um, it it snuck up on me. Um, I I'm still still not super sure why why the draft is on a Tuesday. I'm sure they have a reason for it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's October fifth, and I'll I'll make the assumption that they have it on Tuesday and Wednesday because it doesn't interfere with any of the other major sports. So maybe they can get some kind of ratings because, you know, Batman loves ratings, right? Well, I suppose I understand that. I don't enjoy it. It's October 5th. It was 105 degrees in Phoenix today. Um, it has been our hottest October on record, and it's only October 5th. Um, and we have we have an NHL draft tomorrow. So, so I'm as, as good as I can be considering how, how bizarre it is. No kidding. So let's talk. The last time we talked, we talked about the Arizona Coyotes, and they don't have a whole lot of draft picks at all. But now we get to talk about the team that I actually cover, which is the Anaheim Ducks. And they have three picks in the top 46, 27, and 36. And I just want to get your opinion on which direction you think the Ducks should go in this year's NHL draft. That's that's a tough one. I think uh, I think obviously taking the best player available at any position is uh, is the best way to go. You know, even if you you think you need you know, like like the first overall pick, uh, the New York Rangers need a center. First overall pick is not expected to be a center. Alexis Lafreniere is not not a center. Um, that doesn't matter. They're probably going to take him anyway. Um, but after that, uh, there's Quinton Byfield, there's Tim Stutzel, there's Yaroslav Askarov. Uh, we assume that we know that it'll be Tim Stutzel, Quinton Byfield is a two and three. And then from there, it'll fall into place. But we've seen teams do weirder things. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not actually sure <laughs> who's even going to fall to the Ducks this year. <laughs> Well, let's see. I think, it like is... I said, Askarov's there, um, but I don't know if he'll even still be there at six at this point. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of a tricky draft this year. Uh, one thing that I have realized is the Ducks were abysmal on their power play this year. Their offensive output was among the bottom 10 in the league for pretty much the entire season. And one position that they're looking at is winger. 
one name that I've been saying for the past maybe nine or ten months that could fall into the Ducks is Alexander Holtz from Sweden. So what do you know about Alexander Holtz? Um, I know that he's, if everyone falls to where they're supposed to, right? Like if we look at the general consensus ratings, um, he should fall to the Ducks. Um, he's right where, right where they're picking. I know Elite Prospects, we have him at number six. So, so it's a pretty easy pick for them, right? Like he's, he's listed at six feet, 192 pounds. And playing over in the SHL, um, putting up decent numbers for, for a kid who's 18. It is the Ducks' MO to pick Swedes anyway because they've done that on several drafts in the recent past. Ricard Raquel being one of them, Lundestrom being another one. So the Ducks are used to drafting Swedes as it is, and it's kind of an in-joke as far as the Ducks go. As it wouldn't be an NHL draft if they didn't get a Swede at some point. Uh, something that I'd like on this guide is he's ranked as the best shot according to elite prospects. Uh, what can you tell us if anything about his shooting ability? The accuracy. He's uh, obviously, you know, you want a player who isn't afraid to take shots and he, he definitely takes a lot of shots, but more than that, he finishes on them. He's accurate with his shooting. He's well placed with his shooting. He doesn't, he doesn't take unnecessary shots or hope that they'll get deflected in. He he knows where he's placing and he knows how to fool goaltenders, which when we talk about needing someone for your power play, we talk about needing someone to just help finish and help score, which is something that unfortunately the Ducks no longer have an abundance of. Um, that's, that's the kind of player that you want. They have some good playmakers in their system already. They have some good two-way guys. They even have some good defensive guys, some good power forwards. Um, but they, they just don't have that super accurate finisher anymore. And and that's something that I think could benefit the Ducks in the long run when you're looking at the kind of player that as soon as he comes in, you, you look at those, those attributes that are going to be the first things to show up on the scorecard, whether it's the possession numbers, the face-off numbers, the skating ability, uh, the scoring ability. And even if he doesn't necessarily put up the dirty goals, I think he's going to put up the accurate goals. And, and that, to me, says that he's more likely to translate into a scoring forward quicker. He may not necessarily have the all-around game from the get-go. He may not have the physical game from the get-go, but if he's able to use his accuracy correctly, if they put him on the line with, with somebody who's got some experience away from the puck in terms of placement on the ice, I think I think he could slot in quickly and accurately. Not, not to reuse the word accurately, but I think he could slot in there quickly for them and, and make an impact from the get-go, which is really what the Ducks need at this point. Uh, there was something that I was very excited about when I looked at the possibility of getting Alexander Holtz. And this goes back to 10 months ago with the World Junior Championships. And one player that was incredibly impressive was Trevor Zegras, if you recall. He was one of the more outstanding players in the Junior Championships this past year. And he put up some good numbers. I think it was no goals, but 10 assists. And there were 10 quality assists, too. So I imagine that if you have that playmaker in Trevor Zegras and you have that finisher in Alexander Holtz, how far do you think the Ducks could go if they slot those two together? I think as long as you have some some experience there with them too, um, 
I think that's almost dangerous sounding, right? <laughs> you, you look for those players that are, you have a playmaker on your line, you have a finisher on your line, and then you have someone to just sort of tie it all together. You have someone who's making sure that the right spaces stay open on the ice, make sure that if they need a physical presence, they're able to body those guys away from the puck, keep them away from the players who are really getting things going. And and I do think that they would need someone like that on a line there, but I mean... So probably one of the veterans, you, like an Adam Henrique or yes. Jakob Silverberg. Yes, and those are the two that I would probably say would be the easiest to see with them, just because they do have that good all-around game. They're good two-way game, a little bit of a physical presence to both of them, but not necessarily. They're not a, they're not grinders by any stretch. They're just they've got good on-ice vision, and and that's the kind of thing that you want someone who's going to find the open passing lanes and. You want someone who's going to be able to set things up, make sure that you don't get caught cherry picking, make sure that your playmaker doesn't get so focused on on what he's trying to finish that he, he doesn't think about the rest of the players on the ice. And and really a player who makes sure that they keep up with the pace of the NHL game. And but but no, I think that's 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 some really good uh some good dreaming for Ducks fans uh, <laughs> to, to to imagine that coming sooner rather than later. No kidding. Maybe in a year or two. But hello. Hi. Say hi. Okay. Hi. Are you done? Yeah. Can you go color? Well, I need another page of duck. You don't need another page of duck. Go draw me one. Ooh, can't you draw a duck? Can you draw a duck? Figure it out. I bet you can. All right, we're good. <laughs> so another name. Uh, so another name. On another the- couple of names. That, maybe that part I'll leave in. So another couple of names that I've seen lobbied around is Marco Rossi, who could possibly fall to six. And another name that maybe Ducks fans are dreaming that he'll fall to six is Lucas Raymond. What can you tell me about either of those two guys, Rossi and Lucas Raymond? So I'd be fascinated if Lucas Raymond fell to six. Um, If he does, I think it would take, um, number one, it would take, my guess is Ottawa. Um, when, When we look at the teams that are in those top, top five spots it would take Ottawa wanting to go position based um maybe with both of their picks um and it would take one of either Ottawa or Detroit taking Yaroslav Askarov and so I don't I I can see one of them maybe taking the goalie um (laughs) because obviously Ottawa and Detroit are not currently flush with goaltending talent um yeah, how often do you see goaltending in the top five not very often not since carrie price yeah it's been since 2005 oh my gosh <laughs> that's how long it's been um but i mean you look ottawa has two picks in the top five so feasibly you could see you could see them maybe taking askarov and then i guess maybe seeing detroit taking Drysdale or Rossi. Mm. Um, but I, I think it would be, it would be a shock to see Lucas Raymond fall. Um, that being said, I, I don't think any team would complain about him falling. I think if he does fall to the ducks, you, you don't even hesitate there. Right. Oh, even absolutely if you not. like, yeah, you, you take him immediately. Um, he's been one of the names that we've been seeing ahead of this draft going back almost three years now 
he's he's been on everyone's radar. I'd be amazed if he fell out of the top three. Um, but no, he's he's been playing in the SHL. Same thing. Um, another player who's been not not to use the boys among men comparison, but the SHL is one of the top leagues over in Europe. It's currently staffed by by bona fide players, whether it be former NHLers who are still legitimate players, just a little bit slower at this point. Um, players who are about to hit the NHL, guys like William Nylander have played over there. Um, he's been holding his own. His points total hasn't been unbelievable, but he's been playing with sheltered minutes. Um, and he's got that complete game. When we talk about the scoring ability, um, that I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> when we talk about that scoring ability for Alexander Holtz, uh, like I said, there's some pieces of his game that still need to be rounded out that it would take some time. I don't think that Lucas Raymond has that same elite level accuracy, but his game looks ready. And we, we think about a player like, almost like Barrett Hayton was when the Coyotes took him at number five. Wasn't any one part of his game that was elite top tier, but there was no part of his game that looked risky. Everything he did, he did well, and he did it smartly, and he did it consistently. His two-way game was smart. His on-ice vision was smart. His playmaking, even his scoring looked pretty good. Um, and that's the kind of player that you get from Lucas Raymond, which in theory, I think that a guy like uh, a guy like Alexander Holtz is something that they're going to need more. Um, then that overall player, they do need someone who's going to be that elite, accurate scorer, but eventually Jakob Silverberg is going to age. Eventually Adam Henrique is going to age. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to lose some of these guys who are currently very well-rounded players in their system. And I don't think you pass up on a guy like that if he falls to you. So... Yeah, and, and Marco Rossi was the other name that has kind of been lobbied around as a potential player for the Ducks at some point, if he falls to six. Once again, that's that's the kind of thing where I'd be a little surprised, um, just because I think it would take not only Askarov getting drafted up in the top five, but it would probably take another player getting shifted up as well. Yeah. But... He's fun. I'm I'm a huge fan of the undersized players, um, and that is that is his calling card. He's he's not particularly tall, um, but he's a little scrappy, and I think those are fun. Yeah, but I, I could easily see him going to Ottawa since he already plays there. I can see that. I, I could see them taking him. Uh, like I said, I think it would be a little bit of a shock to see him fall all the way to six, but. We've seen weirder things happen, for yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, and I think the Ducks have had some scrappy players in the past, Corey Perry, um, <laughs> that they no longer have. Wait, and uh, were, were you happy to see him make it to the finals this year, or the final this year? I was delighted. I was ecstatic. I think he's... I. He's one of those players that a lot of people won't admit that they like him if he's not on their team. Because he's, he's a dirtbag. He's a little garbage. But but he's just so fun. As Ducks fans said, he's a dirtbag, but he's our dirtbag. 
Exactly. He's he's like Brad Marchand. They're players that I have to respect for just I don't, shamelessly owning who they are. I don't know if Ducks fans they like the comparison necessarily. Oh, if you can't if you can't admit that comparison, you're you're fooling yourself. They're <laughs> they're a pair of offensively gifted players. One of them's obviously a few years ahead of the other in the aging curve. Um, Corey Perry, but two players who are just unapologetically who they are. They're dirty. They like to toe the line as close as they possibly can to blatantly disregarding the basic rules of hockey. <laughs> if they can get away with doing something to score a goal, they'll do it. Hey, if it wasn't for and, if and it wasn't okay for Corey that. Perry breaking the rules, we wouldn't have had the best meme of 2020 on January 1st. I'm a huge fan of him. I'm delighted that he does that. Uh, and getting booed out of the winter classic, beautiful. Like that's a chef kiss emoji right there. But no, you see, you see the scoreboard for Marco Rossi. I mean, he he played 56 games this past year, 39 goals, 120 points. That's ridiculous. Um, he's not, like I said, he's not big. He's listed at five foot nine. Um, sometimes I think that's optimistic. When I see a guy who's listed under five ten, uh, I I get a little suspicious. I'm I'm taller than some of those guys. Um, <laughs> but he plays low. He plays heavier than his height. Um, he's relentless. He's a little tenacious. Um, I think he would have to eventually learn. How to play at the higher level. I think those smaller guys do have a bit of a learning curve um, just because they they run the risk of getting pushed to the perimeter. You see a guy like, like Connor Garland in Arizona took him a little while to get used to playing at the higher level because he was getting pushed around a little bit. Brad Marchand didn't immediately hit the NHL, took him a little bit of time to adjust to it and to really start working his way back towards the net. But right. I think once he gets there, he could be an incredibly fun player to have. More with Catherine Silverman after the intermission. But let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. That tastes like a candy bar. Only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. They are made in a nut-free facility. And you can get some fantastic new flavors like cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and more. So head over to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order of Built Bar. And don't forget to try Built Boost and Built Go while you're there. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land that tastes like a candy bar. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we continue our interview with Catherine Silverman, let's talk about Roman. Talking about ED is never easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping, and a healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. 
So go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. Now, before we get back into the interview, uh, let's talk about the draft once again. That is taking place today. And later tonight, we have a special draft show taking place on the Locked On Live Network. That'll be on Twitter. That will be on YouTube. So watch out for that. All right. Let's get back into the interview. Uh, Right before the break, I asked Kat about the prospects of which of those players are most NHL-ready and I talked about three players in particular. I talked about Lucas Raymond, Marco Rossi, and of course, Alexander Holtz. Um, which of those three do you think is the most... Well, I'm, I guess it's kind of an obvious question. Which of those three is the most NHL-ready? Ooh, Lucas Raymond. How about Rossi and Holtz? How close are they? I think Rossi would take some time. I think he would probably need AHL conditioning. Um, So I think it would require him going through the junior system and then hitting the AHL, to be perfectly honest. Um, Not that that's a bad thing. I think he'd he'd be likely to stick, Um, but I do think it would take a little bit of time for him. Alexander Holtz, I think that's, that's tough because I think he, in theory could be ready very quickly. Not unlike I, I, I talked about Barrett Hayden, a guy who is ready for the NHL very quickly because his game's a little bit more mature. But I think we wouldn't necessarily see Holtz look comfortable for a couple of seasons. All right. Uh, the Ducks also have a late first round pick and an early second round pick. So... What are a couple players that are in that 20 to 40 range that you think might be a good fit for the Anaheim Ducks in this year's draft? That's tough because I think, and I know before we started recording, we talked a little bit about the fact that the Ducks um, may or may not be able to keep Ryan Miller. Um, Eventually, they're going to need to replenish their goaltending department. Um, But I think that in that 20 to 40 range, I wouldn't feel comfortable with them taking any of the goalies. Um, So that's kind of tough. I would probably say Tyson Forster would be a good one. Um, I I would like to see them potentially trade down since they have that that 20 to 40 range. You know, they can take someone like Jeremy Poirier, uh, Theodore Niederbach, right up in that top range. John Jason Paterka, I think he's a fun one because he's a, I believe he's German. And the number of German players this year is higher than normal yeah, there's a lot in that of them. top range. There's, a, there's Tim Stutzel up at the top. There's John Jason Paterka. He's listed at 24th by Elite Prospects. I think he's going to go right in that range. And then there's also, um, and I just lost him, uh, Lucas Reichel. Um, he's listed by Elite Prospects at 43rd. I think he could potentially be taken higher than that. Uh, there are some people who are willing to take him as high up as potentially the end of the first round. Uh, but yeah, I think someone like John Jason Paterka would be a good option um, with that late first round pick. And then with that early early second round pick, I'd almost trade down 
because trading down, there's there's value to it. You can trade down, get yourself multiple picks uh, right around that 45 to 55 range. And in that range, you have guys like Joel Blomquist. You potentially have Drew Camesso, depending on how you like his game. You have Cal Klang. You have Nico Dawes. He's listed at 60th. I think he could go right around there. Blomquist is listed at 56th. So there are some second-round goalies. Um, They're just much later in the second round. So I think trading down, taking one of them, and then potentially getting a second pick out of it, too, to take someone like like Jean-Luc Foodie. that's an interesting name. That's that's one that I I've seen quite a lot of quite a lot of chatter around. He's a little bit more of a risky pick, but you know you take someone like that, you take one of the goalies, and you give someone your your pick at the beginning of the second round. You've given yourself increased odds of one of your guys panning out, and you've already gotten two quality guys in that first round. So you don't necessarily need that that pick in in the late 30s there well if it's a possibility to trade down then they could look at one of those mid 40 teams like toronto detroit chicago or montreal who have two picks right there 47 and 48 so there's that's who i'd target right there i'd target montreal take that 47 and 48 let them trade up to is it 36 or 37 for the 36 36 yeah Trade that 36, go down to 47 and 48. Uh, there are guys like William Wallander right around there. It wouldn't be a huge reach to take Blomquist, Camasso, or Dawes right around that range. Um, you could take them, and it definitely wouldn't be a huge reach. Uh, you could even potentially trade yourself down a little bit more. Um, although I do think that given the strength of this year's goaltending class, we have them listed in the late 50s, early 60s. I think teams are going to be taking those higher than that. All right. I think there are a lot of teams that are looking to replenish. So you could you could easily start trading around there, get yourself additional picks by trading down a little bit and, and take one of those more unique, slightly risky players um, and then get yourself one of the goalies too. Yeah, um, just one more question before I let you go. We've talked for a lot longer than I thought, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. So before coming on, you and I talked about the fact that there's a compressed schedule or a likely compressed schedule in the National Hockey League this coming season, and you could see more teams having to need three goaltenders throughout the season. So wouldn't so to your point, that would have some of those goaltenders move up in draft order. So talking about... Gibson and talking about Ryan Miller, don't you think the Ducks would be wise to choose a goalie at some point with those higher picks? Or what direction do you think that would go? If you want to talk on that. Um, it's tough because I think they, they do need to take a goalie. Um, because like I said, their their pipeline is okay, but it's definitely not one of the most stocked in the league. Um, but I don't necessarily think that they need to do it looking at this season per se because unfortunately this season we're not we don't have a guarantee that the ECHL will be able to operate we don't have a guarantee that the AHL will be able to operate and if they do we don't have a guarantee that all of the teams are going to be able to um obviously those are two leagues that operate typically on a bit of a loss um their owners are used to eating those costs Uh, the NHL is used to to subsidizing it to an extent when it comes to loaning players, paying some of those salaries, even sending some of the coaches there. But if they have to play in front of empty arenas, uh, we don't necessarily know whether or not they'll be able to play. 
So I think there's going to be shrunk roster spots. And we're already seeing it over in Europe this year. Um, there's been a bit of a logjam for teams yeah. where the EIHL is not in operation right now. A couple teams in some of the other Euro leagues have either had to cease operations for the year or have had to limit their rosters. Uh, there are a couple German teams that are using prospects as their backups. There are a couple Finnish teams that are using prospects as their backups right now. There's a, one of the teams in particular, Carput uh, in Liga. Both their starter and their backup are injured. And so they have Joel Blomquist, of all people, uh, the 2020 draft eligible. He's their starter right now. No kidding. And then his backup. Yeah, he's actually started their first two games um, doing really well. He's allowed three goals in his first two games. It's, to me, that's fantastic. That's um, but, you know, his backup is another guy from their junior system. And so because these teams just can't afford to sign legitimate free agents because their teams have unfortunately their owners have been copping some losses this year in their outside business ventures so i think looking at this year drafting a goalie is not necessarily in relation to that even for their minor league team but if we if we're talking about that i think if ryan miller is truly not likely to come back. And that's that's something that I'm hoping Bob Murray's aware of at this point, right? Yeah. Like, you would assume he would know. Um, you would hope. If Ryan Miller has made it right, that that might be expecting too much of a GM, but, but who knows. Um, if it sounds like Ryan Miller really isn't feeling like coming back or like he'll only come back on a one-year deal if the team absolutely needs him. You could consider trading around some of those assets to take a backup goalie from another team. Because, like we said earlier, there's Ryan Miller, who's a maybe to return. John Gibson, obviously, is still there. He shouldn't be going anywhere. If he does, we need to check Bob Murray's pulse, see if he's okay. <laughs> um, and then there's Anthony Stolarz, who had a stellar year in the AHL last he year. He was an all-star. Stellar game in his one and eight which makes me so happy. We talked about this before we started recording. Nicest guy in the world. Absolutely. But not necessarily NHL backup caliber and not proven NHL backup caliber at the very least. And so at the very least, they need someone as a number two, while Stolarz could be a number three to come up when needed. And so asking a team like, like Toronto, do you want to give us one of your lower picks and Jack Campbell? If I'm Toronto, I say oh, no. Oh boy, that would that would make. If Ducks... I'm Toronto, I say no. But <laughs> well, first off, that move would make Kings fans cringe because he's a former LA King. That would make them so angry. That would make them furious. But <laughs> but asking something like that, saying, "Hey, could you give us your backup? Would you like our 36th overall pick?" Um, <laughs> You know, they might You'd also like your, your 50th pick, something like that. That's and I think we're going to be seeing stuff like that at the draft. I know the Arizona Coyotes are at least exploring what they could get for Darcy Kemper, which what I've heard from a few people is that teams are willing to entertain a first round pick for Darcy Kemper. Um, not that the Ducks should be doing that. They're in rebuild mode, but stuff like that is happening right now. That's the chatter that's going on. And so 
Obviously, we saw it with San Jose. They traded picks for Devin Dubnik. Kind of a weird move, but in theory, that could be something that the Ducks look at as well, just because this is, I don't think it's going to be the best draft class we've ever seen. There have been a few that have been just out of this world, but it's going to be up there. I don't think it's going to be a disappointing draft class by any stretch. I think it's going to be one of the stronger ones from the last 10 or so years. So making sure that they they utilize that, potentially get one of those goalies, potentially take some of those riskier picks that, that may pan out in the long run while also using their sixth overall pick to take a a home run player. I, I think that that could be smart. That's really interesting to think about the fact that the Ducks could poke around with some trades. I mean, this is a unique draft as it is. You know, we have the draft a year after the season starts anyway. We don't know when the season is going to begin. We don't know about the minor leagues. So there's just so much to consider that we don't know yet. So we'll definitely keep an eye out on the trade market tomorrow. Um, that's going to do it for today. Uh, before I let everyone go, Kat, where can everyone find you on the socials and where can they find your work? Um, they can find me on Twitter at Kat M. Silverman. That's Kat with a C. Um, Silverman like Sarah. Um <laughs> As for my work right now, uh, obviously I've been doing a lot with the draft. Um, I've done a couple of features for McKean's Hockey, worked on the 2020 draft guide for Elite Prospects. Which I thank obviously you nothing. <laughs> it's, it was a delight to work on that. It took us all year, but it was, it was well worth it. Um, obviously our names are not specifically attributed to any of the players, but I did do all of the goaltender grades. So if people disagree with those, they know who to yell at. Um, <laughs> have another piece for Elite Prospects coming out tomorrow morning. We pushed it back. It's actually looking at the top, uh, top 15 NHL-affiliated goalie prospects. The Ducks have one of them. Yeah. So if Ducks fans want to look at that, um, that's obviously in there. Uh, and it's 2020, so we're taking everything a day at a time, but that's where they can find me for, for right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, you also have a podcast called uh, Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. Yes. Yes, I do. And they can they can find me there at three, the number three cheers for goal one. We actually have an episode coming out uh, the day of the draft um, where we talk a little bit about that that goaltending carousel that's that's going to happen with trades and free agency. Talk a little bit about Marc-Andre Fleury, Matt Murray, Devin Dubnik, and the illustrious Henrik Lundqvist, who, who is a free agent right now. Yeah, that's a little so. unbelievable to me, too. Well... I will thank you once again, and I'll remind the fans that you can hear my podcast, which is this one, Locked on Anaheim Ducks, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to rate five stars. Yeah, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, let's see, you can follow me at StimpyJD, as in Ren and Stimpy. And we have the draft later today. This is going to be a fun draft, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting one. I think uh, those trades... The picks are going to be fun, but the trades are going to be wild, and it's it's going to be a lot for a Tuesday, yep. for sure. <laughs> and speaking of draft, uh, fans, if you want to check out our live show, the Locked On Network will have a live NHL draft show taking place. It'll be on YouTube Live. It'll be on Twitter. It'll be on a couple other platforms. So make sure to check out the Locked On NHL Twitter for that and i'll of course post it on my personal twitter and on the show's twitter at lo underscore ducks yeah cat we're gonna have a live show tomorrow i'm excited about it 
That's exciting. Uh, like I said, there's going to be there's going to be a lot going on. So, so you guys will be more than busy with that. I have two picks tomorrow, so I'll be plenty busy with that. Uh, thank you once again. And if your kid is still around, just to have a little fun here and a little brevity towards the end of the show, can we have your can we have your kid just start chanting quack 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 at the end? Ooh. So she actually won't do that because the only hockey chant that she'll do right now is yelling Kiviranta at the top of her lungs. <laughs> Are you serious? That is currently, I am dead serious. That is currently her favorite player. She wants no other players. She understands the appeal of the Finnish charm. Uh, and yeah, she, she's been yelling Kiviranta at anybody and everyone who will listen. <laughs> Uh, Kat, thank you once again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, that was Catherine Silverman, and I'm Jason Hernandez for Locked on Anaheim Ducks saying have a great rest of the day. Enjoy the NHL draft. Stay safe. And Ducks fly together. All right. Quack. 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 Oh, she finally did it. That was awesome. Way in the background there. We got it.